there had been some decent acting presented. And Rove was as bold as you please about his wager. All evening, men had stopped by to up their wages or badger Rove about his swordsmanship. Gavin knew Rove was fond of actresses. He liked Jane and hoped she never found out about Rove's many mistresses. He probably had received more of her husband's money than she did. All in all, Gavin realised he had made a bad decision in trusting Rove. He could hear his father mock him. His father had always warned Gavin to stay away from gamblers. Then again, his father himself had made more than one bad investment. Wasn't that a form of gambling? Other members in the box with Rove and Gavin included Admiral Alexander Daniels and Lord Phillips, who was a member of the Chancery. Both were well into their cups, Phillips being the worst of the two. There was also Rove's cousin, Sir John Harmond, a well-respected mathematician who twittered like a girl at every act. There were also two sly fellows who were quite obvious sharps, confirming the disturbing rumours Gavin had been hearing about his friend. This is Harris and Crowder. Rove had introduced them offhandedly. Your Grace, Crowder had said for the twosome, but not with the deference Gavin was accustomed to receiving. They acted as if they'd seen too much of men, of the underbelly of the beast, to be humbled just by his mere presence. Rove was nothing more than a mark for them, a man caught up in his spending ways, and if friends did not become involved in the situation, they would eat him alive. Gavin didn't have many close companions, male or female. His title was a barrier, as were the duties that took up the majority of his time. His father had impressed upon him that a man of substance must hold himself to a higher standard than those around him. So, while his peers were going off on larks and entertainments, Gavin worked. He had a sense of obligation to his country. He used his considerable political influence to support the right causes, to be the sort of duke his title bade him to be. He prided himself on being the kind of man who stood head and shoulders above others. It kept him busy and left little time for personal friendships, and perhaps that was why he trusted Rove too much. As he watched half-naked sheep dance on stage, his mind chewed on the problem of how best to keep his friend from ruining himself. A sharp jab to his arm almost caused him to spill the swill in his mug. I told you this was going to be something, eh? Rove asked, his eyes bright, excited. He was a tad shorter than Gavin, and thinner with blonde hair. Lines of dissipation from long nights and hard drinking were beginning to show on his handsome face. I said, this is what you've been needing, Bainton. Instead of pouring over reports to Parliament and Whitehall, a man needs to play. You need to unleash the wolf inside. He emphasised the last words by bouncing his fist off of Gavin's shoulder, especially before you leg-shuckle yourself. He referred to Gavin's hunt for a wife. If I had a wife like yours, I'd be home playing, Gavin said pointedly, trying to keep his tone mild. Rove laughed. Jane's a good lass, and a man can get bored eating the same meal night after night. There comes a time when he realises he is growing soft, ageing, and he wishes for something more. You don't know how fortunate you are to have escaped the parson's knot. What, ho? What are we discussing here? Admiral Daniel said boozily leaning between them. Is his grace still trying to find a wife? I tell him it isn't worth it, Rove answered. It isn't, Daniel said. Better a mistress than a wife. 
I liked that yellow-haired gal up there on the stage. Nice bitch she was. More than a handful. He made a squeezing motion in the air, as if he held a breast in his palm. Rove laughed, and Sir John twittered, and Gavin wished he were somewhere else. He hated that his personal affairs had become public knowledge. Of course, after being jilted by two women, there would be gossip. And advice. And marriage offers. Everyone was tendering their daughters, sisters, cousins, even aunts to him, along with the promise that their candidates for his wife would go through with the marriage. Meanwhile, Gavin sensed those same young women were wondering what was wrong with him that two women had bolted. Humbling. But he wasn't about to take advice from the likes of Daniels. Before he could give a tart response, a serving girl with rosy cheeks entered their box with drinks that had been ordered. Lord Phillips reached right across Gavin to slam his empty tankard on her tray. Careful now.